Yo. Hey, man. All right. Let's get this started. Wait, it won't let you join mine? Yeah, so I'm going to record it and then send it. All right, just remember to give you my email later. Right. Uh, shit, so this your podcast, man. Do you do, do your intro? I know you got one. Uh, nah, this is still the Toxic City podcast. Oh, <clears throat> oh, it's still the Toxic Cast. Yo, yeah, all right, so I mean, we done like fucked up, what well, fucked up. So everybody just gonna get this like fucking gag roll before the episode. All right, so yo, you and me been talking a lot, not a lot about the shit, but you're probably like one of, like probably out of like you and Sean, like you and Sean are probably the only two who I can actually ever talk to about serious shit like this. So, so you already know that we were actually talking about the whole domestic abuse and relationships and all that other shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I peeped that a lot of the answers that I got, like in my like in my inbox and shit, like a lot of the women said that they left, like after like the last time they got hit. But some of them said that they stayed because of financial stability and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, like, as a man, how do you like? Do you? think that's like a reason to stay or that's just like an excuse that they're making for themselves hoping that he would change as as someone who bear witness um this this type of relationship in and basically all my life i witnessed this with my aunt um so i remember being seven years old and going to my aunt's house and she was in this relationship with this guy that yeah, he you know he had a really good job. He worked at a I believe at a law firm. He had a car, you know. He would obviously I was a kid at the time, so like you know he would you know entertain me, you know take me out or whatever the case may be. He had that financial stability, like you said. He had that locked down. But in terms of the actual relationship, you know they got into a lot of arguments. There was a lot of fighting. Uh, my mom, my my grandmother, it was very vocal about how they felt about him. He even showed up a couple of times and as, you know, respectful and as courteous as he tried to be, my mother and my grandmother like saw through it. You know, there was no swaying them. You know, and so through watching them and how they uh handled or how they um, communicate with certain people that they knew. Okay, you're not you're not good for my daughter. You're not you're not good for my son. You know, it showed me that. Yes, um, it it can be an excuse. I the most recent one uh, was almost two years ago, before I uh, moved out of Massachusetts. One of the roommates that I had discussed in moving in she was pretty much in a very uh, similar relationship where, and the funny thing was, it wasn't even him that was financial stability. It was her. She was good. She had a job. She had a car. She had everything. It's just she stayed with him, and her only 
um, thing that she kept telling herself was, well, this was the longest relationship I had. And it was like, no, after the longest relationship they had, you arguing over sentiments and stuff, if he's, you know, doing all of this crazy stuff and then blaming other people and you're just going along with it. And if he's physically hitting you, I don't care if, the you know, he hit like a girl or you didn't feel the punch. The purpose was he was not supposed to hit you, period. And so you going through all of this and you're saying, well, I'm only, you know, doing this because he financially wise, he's good or whatever. That's an excuse. You should want to be with someone who will never, ever treat you like that, who would never put his hands on you, who would never uh, make you question or wonder if you're good enough or not. And the only thing that's going on, the only thing you say is good, well, he has a good hands now. That's the excuse. That's that's the reason on why they treat you the way they treat you because they know some of them kind of know like you know what are you going to find another guy who's going to uh, give you the things that I gave you you know I saw a skit from a, a, a comedian just a couple of days ago where the girl was like oh I want to leave you so he looked at her and he was like really you want to leave me so he's like alright cool so he literally pulled out a chart <laughs> and literally thoroughly broke it down. He was like, we live in Atlanta. He was like, 50 of them. He was like, do you date white? Do you date black? Nah, she was like, I date black. Nah, he said, boom, that's 50% gone. And then he was like, out of the 50% that's gone, he was like, you know, do you want to date them uh, with with a job or without a job? And when he was done breaking everything down, she had like a low percentage, 3% chance because of how much she she had a certain type of guy that she wanted, and she wanted this guy to be established and have these kind of things. And he was like, "Where are you gonna find that besides me?" And a lot of a lot of men knows this. A lot of people know this, and so it's easy to dangle that financial stability under their head. Yeah, I may treat you like shit, but when you want something, I can I can get it for you. I will never hit you with the, well, baby, you got to wait till, you know, I get paid. You can just like, I want this. There you go. Oh, I want to go shop here. There you go. So I may be wrong for you. And in the long run, I'm not going to give you the happiness that you want, the true happiness. But in terms of financial wise, of course, I got you. You can get anything you want. You can order anything you want. You know, I'll never say no. Credit cards never run out. I'll never get hit with fees or anything like that. And I just think it's that mentality that definitely needs to to change. You need to die out. If you're not happy, like if you're generally not happy, regardless of this man can provide And same thing for the men. Regardless if uh, she can provide for you or not, if you are not happy, if you guys are literally not compatible, and the only thing that's keeping you guys together is material wealth, and 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 with that lifestyle, it's gonna crumble eventually. So I'd rather be with someone who who make who will make me a better person. Yeah, and yeah, we will struggle, but I'm struggling with someone who actually wants to be with me, who actually loves and and, and cherishes me, who I am. So when we get to that point to where we're both financially stable. We ain't got a question, well, am I happy? That should never be part of the question. 
Now we can sit there and be like, all right, well, let's take care of this one. Let's walk this thing. But it, it, it should never be the opposite way around. And I don't, I don't like the idea or I don't like the notion that, you know, being with someone because job-wise, you know, career-wise, they got their life together. But they can be, they can be more damaging as a person, as a as a person on the personal tip, they're not yeah. career wise. They're amazing. So because they got a good career, I'm the same. Hell no. I'm glad that my mother and my grandmother, when they was alive, they instilled these teachings in me. Because I don't give a damn if you are, you know, you like on the come up. You know what I'm saying? You you're you're a model or you about to make moves in Hollywood or whatever. I don't care. Okay. Looks fade when you get older. But a good person will always be a good person. And that's on both sides of the spectrum, both man and woman. Looks will always fade. But if you're a good person, that will always shine through. So I'd rather struggle with someone that I know that loves and cares for me than be in a relationship where I can get anything I want and I'm miserable. And there's a lot of people that are in that situation. And that's a double issue. How you how you got the good, you know, the good house and the and the good car. You can go anywhere you want to go. You have no limitations, but you're miserable. And you're looking at and you're looking at the people who don't got it like that, who who have limitations, who have to save up to do this, you know, this one thing or whatever, and they're happy. And you wanna and like, you know, it's like it, it's it's backwards and it shouldn't be. I feel like um, to to basically like add on to that. Um, again, like we we family cousins, so like, so you already know. Like every conversation that we've had, like we we've always either disagreed about some shit or like continue to like try to prove each other wrong when it came to it but like certain things we actually found common ground on mm-hmm. so the one thing that we found common ground on was like some of these uh phase one tyler perry movies oh my god so to where like you know your mom and your grandma pretty much saw through like your aunt's um boyfriend's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right? It just like yo, it really just puts me back into that that one fucking movie. And I can't Are you referring to for are you referring to for color girls? Because for color girls, oh, no, 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 no. The one that which fucking Shamal Moore had to fucking braids, bro. And when um that's when like the mom was just like, oh, I don't care what this man is doing to you, like he like he's gonna be good for the family. So pretty much mm-hmm. dude, so like pretty much dude was rich and like mm-hmm. her sister was so pretty much the older sister was like molested, abused. Because might as well just say it. Like, she was abused, like, as a young girl to mm-hmm. where, 
like the little sister wasn't like harmed. She wasn't touched. But You're talking about Medea's family mafia. That's the one. I said the Shamal more with the brutes. Yeah, but there, I, but there are like some women who definitely just see like, oh, hey, well, don't fuck this up for us because mm-hmm. you can't take a punch or whatever, whatever the shit may be. And so I kind of feel like those movies, you know, whether like whether or not you know. They're, they're not real. Like, they touched on real subjects, but they really made us as black men look like, you know, like, they, 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 they villainized us. Yeah, maybe he didn't mean to villainize us. He tried, I know that that aspect that Mr. Perry wanted was he was just, like you said, he was trying to show, uh, you know, prob- real world problems, real problems that goes on. And and I understood that. I respect that. I I like Medea's family reunion due to the fact that despite everything that the mom did, that yeah. the older sister was still strong and resilient enough to forgive her in the end. It it or was in the or was in the process of forgiving her. I wouldn't say she just straight up forgave her. There was still a lot of anger. There was still a lot of like you know why did you do this. Especially, you know, to be to be seen and looked at as very, you know, prestigious and 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 known and everything. But the, she she, you know, invited her to the to the wedding, a wedding that originally wasn't even hers. It was her younger sister, you know. And she was just like, you know what, you did all these things, you know, you did horrible things, but I'm gonna trying to forgive you because you're my mom and despite everything I love you and so I that was my last movie I think that was the last movie that I actually liked from, from Tyler Perry but there were two concepts I think that brought out from both that movie and color and color did not like the I I felt this is both like you said this is the common ground we felt the villain, the villainization of black men. I did not like that. I, I, I like. They were, yeah. there were dudes. There are good black dudes out there who are not like that. Who don't think like that way. And then I kind of also didn't like the fact that despite everything that we go through, we're quick to forgive. And it's like no. Sometimes you need to be held accountable. Same way that the dude got, you know, got grit thrown in his face and got beat with a frying pan. We all laughed at that, and we, but that was a result of him abusing um, the main tiger's younger sister for so long. She got tired of it, you know? Sometimes it's just to uh, hold yourself accountable. Like, you did this, and you did this for years, and you knew about it. You was well aware that like these effects was going to be damaging the long term, and you don't care. So now in this particular incident, you finally got caught. And instead of just apologizing or instead of being held accountable, it's like, you know what, we'll forgive you. And it's like, sometimes, just sometimes, I like people to be held accountable. Hold, hold accountable, and then if you want to forgive or, or not, 
that's that's on the that's on the person. That's a choice on them. But accountability would be a little bit more. I'm glad. I'm kind of yeah. glad that you brought the word accountability up. Yeah. So, so like that. Yeah. Go. Ahead. <laughs> my fault for cutting you off. So. No, I think like that's like the one thing. Like have like be like having like a tight knit circle is about. You know what I mean? So not so not even to like throw to like put other people shit out there. So mm-hmm. like the time to where like I was in Atlanta or whatever with like, you know, with, with Denise and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like her roommate wasn't physically abusive. Like, you know, like he you like yo, he used his words and like he would definitely play like petty ass mind games with his girl or whatever. And like nobody held like so nobody held this nigga accountable. And so like yo, so I just remembered like coming in from I think like the park or whatever. Cause like mm-hmm. I took a walk or whatever. And I'm like, yo. And I'm like, so like all I just seen was like a bunch of niggas boom parlayed in front of the house. And like so, you know, I go in, you know, I say like, you know, so I'll say like what up to like Denise and her kids and shit like that. And there's this girl, like, right there, like, just, like, feeling, like, mad weird and shit like that. She's, like, she just had, like, this weird-ass look on her face. So, so Denise was, like, well, like, me and Jalissa are gonna go, like, hang out or whatever. Do you want to come with? And I was, like, yeah, taking the kids. I'm, like, I don't mind, like, staying here and, like, you know, chilling or whatever, relaxing. You know, like, I was like, yo, because I, like, I walked from, from, to like, from the store that I worked at to here, like, I'm tired of shit, so I'm gonna relax, y'all go do that, so, like, I'm laying there, and, like, I'm hearing this man, like, oh, yeah, you know, he was like, nah, he was like, nah, I don't put my hands on her, but he was like, yo, but he was like, I use my words, and he was like, sometimes that like, he was like, yo, sometimes it gets to that point to where, like, I be wanting to like knock her shit off. And and I'm like, yo, it's so, and I'm like, yo, that shit is wild to me, that you can sit here and talk all like toxic shit to your boys about hitting this woman, but. The moment that you hear, like, the moment that you see or hear confrontation, like, you, like, yo, you fold up like a fucking lawn chair. And, like, so, like, and it was, like, a day that to where, like, I was, like, in a party with, like, you and everybody else. (laughs) So I had muted my mic. And I'm like, yo, like, my soul don't feel comfortable here. Because, like, being a product of 
of a so like of an abusive of an abusive parent. Like me hearing shit like that, that shit like that shit is bad. And and I'm like, yo, like and no, like none of these niggas was like sitting here telling him to chill out. Yo, these niggas was over here like laughing, like, oh yo, you a stone cold nigga, bro. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, yo, so this is the type of shit that y'all look up to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, like, cool. Like, it's been in our music for years, granted. But you don't got to, like, imitate what you hear from Too Short or Tupac. And, like, even Tupac wasn't out here talking about, like, yo, he'll shake the shit out of a bitch and he'll punch her in the fucking face. Like, bro, he wasn't even, like, about that shit. He wasn't about that at all. And I'm just like, yo. And so she was like, well, like, what can you do? He's a man, and that's what men and that's what men do. And I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, is that what men do? Or what you're saying, is that what black men do? Because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Because you're not gonna sit here and be in a relationship. With a black man and say, oh, this is what black men do because black men don't know how to control their anger. And then that opens up like a whole, like a whole nother can of fucking worms into where like nothing gets solved. Don't like the idea that I like, I understand everyone has experiences with you know with other with other walks of life some good some bad but i really don't like when people it doesn't matter if you know all like you just had like lately it just seems like you just would have problems with one particular group of people or not i just don't like when you group everybody in that same group and call them bad i went to job corps with someone and she was very shy she was very quiet at the time. And I befriended her because, you know, I, I felt that she was smart. I felt that I can learn a lot from her. You know, she was soft-spoken. She only, you know, she only spoke, she only speak when spoken to. But I, you know, when I did spoke to her, it was kind of like, you know, I, I, I felt like, all right, we have a connection here. And I, I wanted to be like, well, you know, she, she had a boyfriend that she was dating at the time. She was with him for three years. And he was a good man, too. Like, And I just remember, I would like to say maybe a year after, a year after she graduated from, from Job Corps. And I had her on Facebook. And out of nowhere, it was like, it was like this change that just came overnight. Like, maybe... She was just expert at like masking it because when she was in, when we was all in advanced training, you know, 85% of the people in, in advanced training were black. And she was one of the very few, uh, you know, non-black students in, in the trade. But everyone got along with everybody. No one didn't disrespect, no one didn't 
you know, ousted people or, or you know, had, you know, judgmental or prejudice terms. Like, like you know, it, it never came off that way. Like, it just never felt that way. And I could, at least I can say that with pride. It never, ever, when it came to, like, a race, it was never, ever like that at all. Like, we may have cracked jokes, but no one never felt that. It was, at the end of the day, it was probably just jokes. And it wasn't even really crude to, like, okay, these are hurtful jokes. Like, it was just, you know, you shit that you just talk on the fly with you with your friends. And it was, like, overnight, she was just, like, she would write these really long, like, I was just coming home from work, and these blacks basically was just yelling and screaming on the train. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold up, wait a minute now. You have friends who who are black, you know. You you broke bread with people who were black. You you know had to share a room with people who are black. You know, some of the some of the people like you told me a couple of times that you had issues. And the people who defended you, like, made sure that nothing happened to you were Black. So if you're having a couple of issues with people out in the city, that's understandable. It's the fucking city. It's, it's, it's like discombobulated. It's conjointed. It's very crowded. It's muggy. You know, damn well in the summertime, tall-ass buildings block all the air. And people don't know how to act. I understand. I was, I was born and raised in your city. We know how New York City lifestyle and culture is. You was raised in New York City. You should know how New York City lifestyle is. So if you had a couple of problems, that's fine. But trying to, you know, target one per the one particular race or trying to make it seem like it was a general thing, that's where I had an issue with. And then like one of the one of the um next statuses that she wrote. That I actually had to write because then I was just like, okay, this is too much. It's where it was like they started talking about how men and women treat each other and how she felt like it was very abusive and problematic. And then it was like, listen, all well and good if you, like, everyone has their own preference. So when it comes to your personal preference, there's no right or wrong answer. If you, you know, you, you date this person, you date that person, or you only date this person, that's cool. When it comes to your personal preference, there's no right or wrong answer. I I will agree to that. But don't make it seem like the only reason why you won't even date someone is strictly because you feel that you will be abused and hurt. And I was like, that is not the case at all. And I was like, so you mean to tell me like everything that you went through in Job Corps? You know, and, and all the stuff that you went through in Job Corps, that people protected you in Job Corps, some of them that, you know, were doing things too, but they were making sure you're okay in Job Corps, does it go for them too? Because I was like, lately you've just been writing, and the way you've been writing, you've been generalizing everyone. So are you generalizing me too? And the, and the messed up part was she literally just like ignored my comment and like comment on other people. And I was like, don't. Don't ignore my comment. Like you're you're talking like this. You're you're basically saying that and you're making it general. So you're saying that I'm that person too. Are you saying I'm that person too? Like you can't write in a general standard and I expect people to question you on it. And so I ended up having to like delete her and shit because I was just like, look, I'm not gonna sit here and have you just literally bash 
on on any culture on any walks of life because you had a couple of bad runnings with them. I had bad runnings with just about everybody under the sun. I had runnings with like everybody under the sun, and I never once generalized that in whole entire that whole entire uh, race of people because of the few because of the few bad instances that I had. Because while equally where I had bad instances, I also had amazing instances. That means that for each time that if it was a race issue, I had another friend who had me in the house chilling with the entire family, laughing and joking, you know, eating food, just being accepted as a human being. So I'm that kind of person to where like if I go through a bad thing, I know I'm gonna go through a good thing. I saw the good and this good and bad in in in, in the everyone. world in general, yeah. And in the world in general, so, but stop generalizing it, you know. Nah, and don't and don't ignore like when you say that you also alienate the allies you have because you don't Very know true. you don't know who the allies that are black who are on your corner. You don't know the people who be like, yo, I don't like when people abuse other people and from all walks of life, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. So, because you remind me of uh, my history teacher from high school, Hector. Um, so pretty much, Hector was Hector was Afro Latino, and so, but he was more, but his features were more on mm-hmm. the Hispanic side than than the Afro side, but mm-hmm. like, everybody respected Hector because he was. They was just like, yo. Like heck, so pretty much Hector was that nigga, bro. Like he, like so, give your background on, on Hector. Like he made history cool. Like he would rap our history work, and like he would just drop fucking bars. And I was just like, oh, this shit is dope. And so like I just remember it was like the after school was me, dreams, and and Wolf. Whoa. At the time he was doing the Zio, and we was, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, y'all niggas is bugged. Well, why when? So he was like, yo, he was like, yo, he was like, he was like, these your, he was like, these your brothers. I was like, yeah, like these my brothers. Like I die for these, I die for these niggas. You know what I mean? So he was like, yo. So he was like, yo, he was like, how many people have died because of that word? And I'm like, so I'm just like, yo, I was like, quite a few. So he was like, I'm not telling you to not use that word. But he was like, but when you address your peers, you know what I mean? Like, yo, because he was like, yo, because he was like, when you get older, he was like, you want to see like in the world that there's a difference between being African-American and being a nigga. And like, yo, I never understood what this man meant until one day I'm going across the street. So this is like back when like everybody like lived close to each other. Like I lived in Bed-Stuy and like Mm -hmm. all the homies was across the street. So I'm running across the street to go to hang out with to go hang out with like you know like uh dreams brother geo and shit like that 
and everybody else. So pretty much, cops like swerved right in front of me. And it was just like, yo, where you running from? And I was like, I'm running from my house. I'm going right here. They was just like, oh, we looking for you. And I was like, nah, y'all not looking for me. Because in order for y'all to be looking for me, I would have had to done something and I didn't do anything. So he was like, oh, he was, he was like, oh, you're wearing the same outfit as the purple whatever. So we're going to have to take you in. And I'm like, I've been in the house all day, so I didn't really do anything. So he was like, oh, so he was like, he was like, you know how to shoot a gun? And I was like, and at this time, my hands were not dirty to use the, to use the statement like that. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm like, nah. I, and I was like, yo, I was like, I don't even believe in fucking violence like that. So I'm like, I'm going to go to my friend's house. I'm going to go chill. <laughs> so pretty much the cop grabbed me, like put me on the car or whatever. So he was just like, yo. So he was like, I tried being nice to you. So he like started patting my pockets. So everybody was just so now Mr. Eddie, pretty much he the neighborhood dad. So he came, he was like, yo, so he was like, you want to tell me? So pretty much Mr. Eddie came downstairs. He was like, you want to tell me what my son did? And he was like, oh, this is your son? He was like, he was like, yeah, that's he was like, that's my son. And he was like, oh, so the cop was like, oh, we have like, he was resisting arrest because he did something. He was like, no, nah, he didn't do anything because he was in the house all day. This is like the first time he's been outside. And so he was just like, yo. So pretty much another cop car come and he's just like, oh, he was like, yo, what are you doing? So pretty much another cop said like, oh yeah, we don't, we, he was like, oh, we're going to already caught the perp. So he was like, we don't know what you're doing like with like over here, like with this situation, but you know, I'm going to have to write you up and shit like that. So pretty much like that was like my first like instance of dealing with like some bullshit because I was like because I fit the description quote unquote mm -hmm. but but yeah like shit like that is wild um and you may not have like may not know this or whatever but I think like you un you unfriending shorty was like the right move for you mentally because like you see shit like that like yeah all like the time I, I I come from a family that's very multicultural. I have, I actually have family members from all walks of life. And so this whole notion of like, and I, and I say this to people all the time, I'm like, you don't have to date, you know, necessarily from, you don't have to date another race to understand, like to understand, to see it. Just being friends with people, you can easily see it. Yeah. So that you can easily see like how they look at you, how they treat you, but then they're like, well, well, like, what's this? What do you mean, what's this? So I never understood I never understood racism in this day and age because it's like I come from New York City where if you walk down a block, it's like it literally turns into like it'll go from our hood to Chinatown to Little Italy to Mini Russia to Little DR to Little so it's like 
the, this whole notion of like we are a whole boiling pot of cultural diversity. Yeah. And yet everyone yeah. is like stay your ass over there. Stay your ass over there. And it's like the only time that we get together is either through business, through uh, entertainment purposes, and, and through school. You know, those are like the only few instances where it's like, oh, I'm going to tolerate you because I have to be in this in this building to learn some form of education because I'm an hour today, but then I got to go home because, you know, how my mom is set up. And it's like, no. Or, you know, how my parents set up, how my family set up. And I, and I don't like you. And I fight, I fight this on all cases. Like, I don't, like, I've said this before. And one of the reasons why I offended though, because I wrote a status addressing a lot of things that I've saw that I'm like, yo, I don't like. I don't like that we have children in cages. I don't give a shit, you know, what their parents did. You should not be separating kids from their parents. Okay? You should not be putting kids in cages. They're human beings. They're not dogs and cats. Please get them out of them damn cages. And then why is it that there's this why is it that there's this huge number of missing kids? And all you did, quote unquote, was put them in this concentration camp slash cages. It's like why are you repeating the same history that you're gonna scrutinize another country from doing? What you're what you're doing it, you're practicing it. Like how does that how that's an oxymoron? Nah, I'm a, like let me and bring them and let them be with their parents. I think that was hard. personally, bro, I don't think all right. So I think like the whole ice thing was just fucking wild. The whole thing should have never been created. Like, that's right. That's, that, that like, to me, never... like to me, that shit is like that shit is wild, because it, it should... like you're going hard for no we, reason. Because like, if because if we're really good, like because like now, like this country was built from immigration. Country was built off the robbing someone, robbing natives. This is the native path. Okay, and, and Columbus was an immigrant. You know, like you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so now, I don't care where people come from. I don't either. Right. Because again, some of the, yo, some of the coldest people that I've ever that I've ever fucking met, bro. Like they come from different countries, and like yo, they, and they're cool as shit. And they don't have the mindset. That 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 American that an average American has, so you can be yourself. Yeah, bro. So, and it's like it's always seemed like whenever you're in high school or you're graduating high school or like you go to college, and in your instance, like you go to Job Corps, and you you just meet people from places that you're just like, oh shit, all right, cool, whatever. So, like, for me, it was, like, this kid named Bowdy. And so every time everybody see him, and he, like, he never spoke. Like, he doesn't speak English. So, and everybody, so every time everybody see Bowdy, they would be like, oh, like, let me see you Bowdy, Bowdy. And then he was like, yo, he'd be like, 
And he'd be like, oh, yo, he's like, I like that song by the Master P. And we were like, and everybody's just like, what the fuck do you know about Master P, bro? Like, and it's just like, yo, so it's like so much that like a different culture could teach you. If you just open your mind and you, uh, and you like let them be them, oh, let them be human. Like, that's like that's that's like, the gem. Like, yo, if that's what fucking Martin Luther King was fucking talking about, bro, then it's just like because it's just like, yo, like we are we could be diverse, but we shouldn't be divided. Exactly, and that's and that that's that's you know coming home. When I wrote that, I did not like what I was seeing because the last four years it just seemed like everything that we worked hard for was basically destroyed in a matter of like. Now, I think everything that we all worked for was destroyed within a matter of minutes, and and I'm not exactly. And I'm not going to sit here and, like, say, like, oh, you know, current choice is the better choice. But at the same time, we all know that politics are, like, is a corrupt game. So when they don't. They don't like when the people come together. Very that true. Simple concept. They they do not like they do not like unity. The civil rights movement proved that. That's why they took it, and that's why I'm saying people did not like. But like for some reason, there seems to be like a, a mixed response to certain people, like Dr. Umar. But look what he said of, of the things that happened. And how well it was structured right after the civil rights movement, right after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, things that happened in the seventies, things that happened in the eighties. They did not want another civil rights movement. They did not want that. They learned from that. They was like, we're not going to do this again. And that was in the, the time of the era of Jim Crow laws. So it's like one of the biggest problems of this country that people don't want to do is they don't want to face the history. Because you you tell the history and the history that they don't want to hear, then it's like, oh come on, that was mad long ago. Not long ago. If if the if the woman who was the first African American lady, uh, the woman to go to an all white school, and she had to be escorted by a cop because they was there was a mob, and they was like, if they did not escort her into the school and out of the school, she would have got killed. If she just turned 66 years old, that means that we're still, that means that's still almost a lifetime ago. My grandmother was born in 1940. She lived through all that. The civil rights movement, that, that was in her 20s. The 60s, that was, she was like, my nun nun was in her 20s. And then from that, my my, my mom was born, my Aunt Hachilla, my Uncle Wallace, that all led into the, into the 70s. So it's like, this is not something that's just mad long ago. It's not mad long ago. It's a few decades ago. And from us children, we missed that, like, what? By maybe one, one and a half generations. 
that means if we was born in the 50s or that, we would have been born right at the beginning of, like, at the end of the Jim Crow era. I'm going to be up. So one of the problems is that we want to acknowledge our history. Then number two, we seem to have this huge problem to where we won two world wars, but yet we like to choose sides who lost. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be upfront about shit. And like how, like how, how's and like, and again, cut you off, my bad. So to like be upfront about shit, like yo, like that whole thing, and like they, and they made a movie about it. And like, yo, and like, I remember like, like that being like, if I wanted to watch TV after like, but like, so I didn't have to like not watch TV, I'd have to watch something informative and educational. So I was just like, fuck it. Like, yo, just give me all the black history shit. Like, like if I'm going like, yo, if I'm going to like educate myself on certain shit, like let me, let this be what I what I educate myself in. And the whole thing about Ruby Bridges was, right? So yeah, accurate mm-hmm. that she that she needed to have an escort to like in and out of school, to and from class. Right? Because then, like, no one knew, like, what to do with a, a young, smart African-American woman. And so, and, like, and so, like, all of these movies, right, that everybody's just like, oh, mm-hmm. well, like, yeah, this was my shit. Like, boom, remember the Titans. Like, that was about a black, mm-hmm. a black coach, movie. like, coaching at a white school with, with racism going on and shit like that. And so he was just like, oh, they want us to move. We're not going to move. And it's just like, yo, like, we keep we go through a lot of shit right whether whether it has something to do with us personally or whether it has something to do with us because of our color um so i'm pretty sure you watched Watched a hot damn I rock video before, right? Okay. I know, yeah. So remember how he took that, that hiatus from YouTube for about six, seven years? Yeah, because his best friend died. Well, right before that. It was right before that. Um well, he, he was also having yeah. health issues, yeah. So he was talking about Freddie Gray. And, and the one thing about that video that stands out to me to this day is the fact that he said everybody, 
wants a revolution, but nobody wants to be a revolutionary. Yeah, because as you saw of the last century, those who were revolutionary and those who spoke out and those who actually wanted the truth to be out there were murdered. Yeah. Were, were murdered by the same government that supposedly promised all of us protection. So, yes, when you do put that into, for, and you try to put that into, you know, into, uh, into formation, and you try to make it a reality, when you try to hold the government that, that broke the Constitution that was supposed to be equal to everyone, you hold people accountable, yeah, you become a problem. You become a person who, who incites anarchy when all you're doing is telling the truth. Like, yo, whenever you whenever you get the so, chance to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. I know you I know that eventually you, you talk like that because you're right. going to that. But like that's this example of 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 someone who was trying to make a difference. Who was taking the steps? Who was trying to make a difference? And they was like, "Nah, we're not going to do that." And so that brings on my point that I was bringing earlier: that with all the trials and tribulations that we, as like African American people of color, have gone through, the last thing that we should be doing, in my personal opinion, is fighting amongst each other. That is the absolute last thing that we should do. It. So we should not be going against, you know, the, the Spanish. We should not be going against Asians or none of that. Especially in the country in in the country where we're still trying to fight for basic human rights still. Or we're trying to fight for this to live, to exist. Yeah. You know, we should not be trying to fight other people. What are you doing? Okay. You can't sit here and cry out for all these reforms and changes, but then get mad and do the exact same thing that you're basically protesting other other people or other groups, not necessarily rich, but police and all that to stop doing. So there's a whole lot of like, you know, inconsistencies and contradictions that's been going on. And I would just like people to take a hard look at themselves and be like, whatever you're doing or however you think this is going, this is not the right way. And like I said in the last podcast, you know, and the only thing I'm bringing up for the last podcast is people need to be more empathetic. Okay? And you need to see that in, that in order for us, for us to survive and thrive, and continue to thrive, we gotta work together. The, when we, when, trust me, when we get together and we start to get unified, like what, how, it, they're always gonna throw something, they're always gonna try to throw something that's gonna knock us off. It's gonna knock us off. And right now, race war seems to be the one thing that seems to be the, the biggest, that's like, like the biggest handicap in the unity. Like, it's just, like just people are just experts in doing that. Once they see everyone getting yeah. together and and everybody working all walks of life, they're like, nah, we gotta we gotta throw a little something something to, to divide it because 
they're too strong together. They're, they're too strong if they're unified. Mm-hmm. We're too unified. How are we going to combat that? You, you know what it is. I think oh. also. Right. And I like how we went from like abusive relationships to just like, you know, how people like do black people. Like, that's an amazing skill we have. But. Because it, because it, because remember, it was on yeah. the foundation of watching yeah. certain movies that villi- that vilified Definitely. us. And that's how we were able to like bring up certain examples. Because it's like, just because I'm six foot two or six foot one or whatever doesn't make me. Uh, like a problem. Like I, the one thing that pisses me off, and this is and this is the one thing I hated. I've dealt with this in the city. I've dealt with this now. I'm walking down the street. I'm buying my pieces. I have headphones on. I'm listening to music. Ma'am, I don't care about your purse. Ma'am, I don't care about your about your wallet. Ma'am, I don't care about your electronics. Nine times out of ten, I had stuff that was much more up to date or out there than they were. You hold it on to your Nokia phone where I basically have an iPhone. I don't want it. Nah, like. Or the across the street. Just so that when I so then when I turn around, I see you walk back on the same side, but you just walk down a block or have like half of a block and do. And then you turn around and look at me and you like get all surprised and I shake my head. Because it's like you're a fucking idiot. After, let, after this, letting, I'm share a story with you. Like, I'm not gonna put it like out there yet, but like, I'll like I'll talk about it in the podcast, like you. Let, but like, it's just it's like it has something to do with that exact same situation, and it was like that shit was wild as fuck because of like how it happened and yeah. like who did it and everything like that. But but no. Like that, but yeah, but like that's, but like that's what like that's the the stigma that we go on. Yeah, you know. And the next the next thing or the next topic that we're gonna talk about uh, next time on, we're gonna definitely talk about creativity. I saw a quote, and I feel like this quote is starting to resonate more and more. The world does not move without black creativity. I am tired of people of color that are great at creating whatever, no matter what it is, whatever is, you know, choreographing dance moves, music, you know, just being a great performer, anything of entertainment and artist wise. It just, it annoys me that we can get you know, we can inspire so many people, but we don't get the roses. You know, like for for example, like my favorite hip hop artist is obviously the Wu Tang Clan. The RZA had given his flowers to to the inspiration. You know, to what to what basically essentially made Wu Tang Clan one of the most influential uh, uh, rap groups of of our lifetime. Yeah. You know, but it's like. And this, it like recently, last few years, it's just with, you know, the birth of other of genre of music, which I'm happy. I'm always happy when a new genre of music comes out that is a little bit of mixture of this, a little bit of mixture of that. I think that's beautiful. I love music. Music is a universal language that we all can talk to. 
but it's like don't <laughs> don't be so blatant <laughs> in your infatuation that you love everything about the culture and not the people. And like that's another thing that I'm seeing. You love everything about the culture. You love the way they talk, dress, the music, you love the rhythm, the whole nine yards. You love like us being entertaining on your TV screen. But as soon as we are in your in your your eyesight vicinity, as soon as we're in your restaurants, as you're walking down the street, just, just chilling. Now it's a problem. You you you're scared. Like, you know you what shouldn't. I'm gonna say, right? Because you know what I'm saying? Like well, that, the, like I said, that's now, but you know what I'm going to say right after, like right after you're done. You know what I'm going to say, right? I have a quote, Paul. What, what are you going to say? Oh yeah, I know. You know, everybody, everybody want to be, want to be a nigga. Like, and I, I feel like, I feel like that. Yeah, that shit is true. But like, I'm, but like, it's just. When when you see stuff like that, like I noticed certain people are being called haters or oh so and so made that, and it's like no, ain't nobody hating. Like don't be so self-absorbed and self-wrapped up in, in your own yeah. world that you can't tell the difference of what's going on in reality. Like to even talk so, about like that's to even that's one like, thing I mean, like I guess we could talk about it a little bit now just to give them a taste of like the episode or shit like that. I remember when um. Ooh, I want to say it was it was 2011. Whenever Hello Good Morning came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember like Nicki Minaj did the whole little Kim shit with the different colored wigs and the different color outfits, and everybody mm-hmm. was just like, "Oh yeah, Nicki did that. She fucked that shit up." And he was like, "Everybody was like, yo, you forgot you forgot about Little Kim, because like Little Kim was definitely the first person to do that in a music video." Switch up her like her outfit, color coordinated with the wig, and everybody was like, "Oh, like yeah, like," and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, now nah, Lil Kim fucking hating that bitch is mad old. Like she, she haven't had a hit since like nineteen ninety whatever." And it's like, yo, the point, the point, the point is, is she did it first. And the I'm point about is, it. like, I kind of get what Will Smith was saying and will like and I kind of get what everybody else is saying like we don't appreciate the ones that came before us right we don't so I don't someone to me so to me like I'm gonna say like yo like yeah y'all pushed me to even do a podcast Right, y'all push me to make it happen, mm-hmm. but I would say the one person that kind of inspired me to even do it was fucking Clint, um, Clint, Clint Coley from fucking All Dev Digital, because he got a podcast called Advice from a Fuckboy, and I was just like, yo, I don't want to be, I don't want to give out fuckboy advice. I just want to talk shit, have my friends on. And then, like, we all just talk shit, and then, like, we give, and we just give some sound advice to everybody. So, if I had, like, someone to, like, 
even remotely think it would be yo, it'd be Clint Coley, it'd be Trill AC. Cause like, yo, because like Trill AC and his and his peoples from the crew season podcast, like they yo, like when I tell you that like I sit there and I listen to that shit, and I'm like, yo. Like they give out gems, they just drop jewels, and it's just like, yo, a lot of people are just like, oh well, it's just a whole bunch of other, like it's just a whole bunch of men hating women and telling women how to live their life, and it's like, no, these are men telling you what men think, how men think, and that you shouldn't like listen to niggas like Steve Harvey who's telling you to think like a man. Because the, like that way of thinking is not going to help you. But I don't know. Like I just feel like there's like a whole bunch of shit that we that we deal with when it just comes to like having like. Having like people to like having people to think and having people who we like should appreciate like more. And then it's just like the moment that you even remotely want to like give an appreciation to somebody, it's like either your dick riding or well, either it's viewed as dick riding or it's viewed as like, oh, like that's creepy shit. So I kind of understand. While like certain certain people don't want to do don't want to do shit anymore, you know what I mean? And then like there were times to where like when I was even like promoting like my podcast or whatever, and everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, this nigga got one too." Oh, you dick riding or like. Oh, he's saying the same shit that you're saying, but he's just 10 times better than you. And it's just like, yo, I don't care if whoever content is better than mine. You know what I mean? I'm still like, and like, yo, even then, like, I was just like, yo, go listen to this dude shit. And everybody was just like, oh, like, this is a nigga, like, everybody's comparing me to but I'm not going to have no hate or no, like, disrespect towards, like, towards somebody because they feel like what I'm doing, I'm trying to downplay his shit. No. Like, me and him have two different views. Me and him have two different ways of getting out our message. Like, I'm going to, like, shoot the shit with you, and I'm going to tell a joke. I'm going to make you laugh. He's just going downright just say, like, oh, you bitches ain't shit for not wanting to suck my dick or wanting to fuck with this nigga and that nigga. And it's just like, yo, like, shit happens, bro. Like, and, like, and it's a fucked up it's a fucked up way of thinking that like that we have, like that we have as people. I'm not gonna say like all oh, that black people have, like no, because mm-hmm. everybody has a fucked up way of thinking. Yeah, so we close it. 
So we'll close it out like this, you know. We need to be, I'm hearing more and more uh, positivity about, you know, wanting to support Black-owned businesses and wanting to support Black entrepreneurs and Black CEOs. Well, you know, if I'm going to support, I encourage everyone to not look at, like, anything that someone's trying to do that better themselves. Don't look at it as, oh, as a this person is trying to dick right off you or, oh, someone else did it, so I don't know why you're trying to do it. If everyone is trying to work at getting something, encourage them. Okay, encourage the fellow person's support. You know, not everything is, not not every uh, thing or attack is like a direct attack towards you or anything. Okay, if, you know, like, if someone wants to be, wants to be in fashion, even though there's another person that's doing fashion, encourage them. Someone wants to go into the music industry, encourage them. Someone wants to get into the shoe industry, encourage them. If someone has a passion or something, we, we got one life to live. And it's one life, it, we're not promised tomorrow. So rather, I would rather you do what you, what you want to do. So that way that, you know, you learn through failure. Definitely. You learn through, you learn, you learn through going through the steps. So instead of being so quick to say, oh, oh you're enjoying this, you're doing that, hope that, you know, encourage them. Hope that they find their way. Hope that they, they found their own avenue their own style of doing things and push them, right. you know, so that way that at least they have an idea uh, of, of like what they want or how, or how to themselves. And in terms of the abusive relationship, because like my cousin said, we did veer off it, of it. We, we talked about we, the realization of black. We veered off a lot. Uh, we veered off that in terms of abusive relationship. What I'm saying is don't continue to be with someone just because, you know, just for financial stability purposes. If you're not happy with that individual, that person does not complete you. And I, um, you're eventually you're going, you're eventually going to leave. Like that, that's just verbatim. Your happiness is, should be, should be more important just as important and more important than like you, you wanting to be, you know, financially stable. Everyone's going to get to that point to where you're going to have that career or you're going to have that job to where you're going to be good at work, to where you're going to be good. But it's the journey that matters. And I'd rather you take that journey with someone who actually loves you and completes you and actually wants to be with you than for you to be with someone that you're just there temporarily. Especially if you're looking in the outside and you're seeing each of you looking at other people and how great the situation are, or you're too busy, you know, moving around and on the load till you find something that's better. Instead of doing all of that, you can just say, you know what, start all over again. I know I was scared of change too. I even hated change, but you know what? I had to make a few changes in my life. Some changes actually came up on me. I didn't have the time. I didn't. I didn't get the time that I would like to change. Sometimes that change came faster than others. But you know what? Those changes I had to accept and, and adopt them, and now I'm in a much better situation. 
not financially in a much better situation. I'm talking about in terms of my health, in terms of my happiness and my mental state. I'm in a much you, better situation. You know what it is. So for and and I'm not I'm not even gonna like sit here and just like fucking victim shame and show like that. A lot, a lot of these men and women in these abusive relationships, they feel like they can't do better than what they than what they have, and so to like even like open up myself a little bit, like I've been in like that type of relationship to where like. A woman has said, like, nobody would ever want to be with me. Like, I'm, like, I'm the only. And, like, this shit really just sits on the back of my mind. Like, so she was, like, pretty much she would be, like, the only bad bitch who would ever want me. And it's just, like, again, once you escape the confines of of your self-loathing along with the abusive relationship that you're in, you'll find yourself in a much better headspace. Mm-hmm. Like you'll like mm-hmm. you'll like yo, you'll remember what it's like to actually like live life and be happy to where you know when you're stuck. Like when like when your friends is going out and you like, oh I'm about to step out too. And it's like, nah. Because, like, yo, like, there's a story that... There's a story that to where, like, how I actually got arrested. Due to the fact that... And it was only because I walked through the train doors and then, like, I, like, and then I fought but a lot of niggas who like a lot of niggas know this story. So it was like me, my boy Londell, my boy X. We were we were coming from the city. I think we was coming from Hell's Kitchen. And so we're waiting for the train to go back to to go back to X's crib because that's where we were staying at for the night. So only thing I remember was like what's hearing, like oh like yo bitch I beat the fuck out you for I don't give a fuck about none of these fucking people and nobody gonna do shit to me, you know like dude was just like out there, yelling talking shit, and so he's getting on the same train as us, so I'm like fucking seething bro, like fucking leg shaking like fucking wrist clenching like I fucking like broke my fucking wisdom tooth in half by like fucking like biting down too hard and I was like yo fuck all that I'm gonna go lean his shit and then that's it so I didn't like so you already know like undercover cops be on the train just to see like what the fuck is going on so pretty much Kyle was trying to talk to dude or whatever, like, calm down. So I pushed the cop out the way, and I hit this nigga. And, like, I'm already punching him, and I was just like, yo, and I was like, yo, hit her again. 
because I already seen him like hit her. Like he pretty much like slapped her. And like you heard that shit echo like throughout the fucking train station. And so niggas like thought like it was a gunshot or some shit. And so pretty much like I hit him like three times. And so like cop was just like, yo, I'm gonna have to place you under arrest. Like, and I was like, that's fine. I'm willing, and I'm like, yo, I'm willing to deal with it. Like, I didn't put up a fight. And so, so, and I just remember that, like, Lindell and X, like, these niggas, like, and they, like, they asked, like, what precinct I was going to. He was just like, oh, he's going to this one. And he was like, yo, he was like, that's right by my crib. He was like, yo, I got you. I was like, I bet. So I think within like the like the next couple of like the next couple of hours, I would say like two or three hours, like X had like brother's dad and was just like, yo, like, yeah, I'm here to get. And it just seems like everybody just called me their fucking son. But it's whatever, it's life. And he was like, yo, I'm just here. He was like, yo, I'm just here to like you know, like see my son or whatever. Like, if it, so pretty much X, X's dad, like, had stroke in the precinct or whatever. And so he was just like, yo, can I just get him out of there? Like, he gonna be with me for the weekend. Like, I'll make sure that he does this by Monday or whatever. So, so pretty much, like, he did that, but then, like, the chick was already there too. She was like, oh, I'm not pressing charges. Like, she's not pressing charges against me, but she wants to keep her boyfriend in there. So, I don't know what happened to her after that, but I feel like once you put your hands on a woman, you're obligated to get your ass beat by a couple of strangers. But, you know, that's but that's my story about that. Um, you got anything to add? No, I was just, it was a closing statement. <laughs> I was trying to close it out. and just say that, you know, to let everybody know that um, you, like, if you, if it's not going the way that you want to go, sometimes, you know, you have to close one door for another one to open. And sometimes, you know, they. If you do that, it'll, it'll help you. You know, it'll definitely help. So, and I wasn't trying to explain my situation like that. I was just simply saying that, like, I had to make a few decisions. I had to let a couple of people go and everything, and I'm in a much better headspace. I'm in a much better, much for a much in a much better in a productive situation. So. Abusive relationships are in all in any form physical, mental, emotional, psychological. Mm-hmm. You should not stay because of financial stability or anything like that. Especially if you if you know, um, no matter how, like especially if you know that the, the time is running out. I know that everyone has their own opinions and views on it. I don't mind if it's being shared. Um, if you, if you agree with me, if you agree with us, let us know why. 
If you don't, let us know why. I'm happy to hear it. You know, just explaining piece it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be all aggressive and everything toward it. And um, we will definitely come again with another. Which will probably be Wednesday. Um, yeah. And yes, while my while my cousin's podcast is toxicity, my podcast is called Shaking the Tables. So trust and believe any topics that we talk. It will it's gonna be, be toxic, and we're gonna it, shake the table. It, Fuck it. It will. Yeah. So let me know. And you know, this is Bluebeard. You got BMO as as always. And yo, we gonna see you guys again uh, Wednesday.